Yo, yo, check this out. This out. Previously heard. Previously heard. Good Hope FM. Let's go. Every single Monday right here. On the morning show, uh, you know, Leanne and the ladies have an SABC Disability 360 uh, kind of a moment where they speak to a whole bunch of health health professionals and organizations. And today we are lucky and very blessed to have uh, one of uh, the members of the South African Society of Psychiatrists, Dr. Gedi Mutingwe. And of course, uh, this is on the back end of World Autism Day, which took place yesterday. And uh, she's definitely here. She's on the line. How are you, Dr. Gedi? I'm doing good, Noni, and how are you? Good day to the listeners. Uh, I'm so good. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Look, All right. it's 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 so interesting because obviously we've been doing some research and trying to find out uh, more about autism mm. right here in South Africa. And uh, there was a study that was conducted in the Western Cape which noted an increase of like 76% of children uh, yeah. who actually have autism in schools. Uh, what are mm. some of the signs of, you know, this uh, disability? Yeah, um, it's a a disability that is actually, it presents very early in life, Mm. except, you know, some of the symptoms may not be very obvious until about three years of age when children start to go to crutch, to school. Uh, But they, the children normally present with um, differences in the way they interact with their parents, with other people, the way they learn, the way they speak, the mm-hmm. way they even the way they, they play. Hmm. And yeah, very much in the social context. So that is very broadly speaking. Hmm. And these um, differences come as a result of their cardinal problem being difficulties with social communication and interaction and with social emotional interaction. And mm. um, also, they have quite restricted, repetitive patterns of behaviors, interests, and activities. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Noni, having said this, I want, don't want to create an impression that um, children on the autism spectrum all present the same. It's, as I say, it's a spectrum. Yeah. And there are those that, I mean, it ranges from very severe symptoms of autism to mild symptoms. And also, it, there are low-functioning people on the autism spectrum all the way through to intermediate functioning to, you know, and, and then there are very high-functioning people on the mm-hmm. spectrum. Sure. So as you can see, it, it then becomes, yeah, difficult to just spot. Mm. Every, actually, every child, every adult with autism will present in their own uniquely. Yeah, I think that's also very, mm-hmm. very important to note. It's a spectrum and it, it presents differently for different people. Mm-hmm. But I also mm-hmm. do know that there is a lack of awareness and trained professionals uh, is very well, they're limited, especially in like mm-hmm. lower income communities right here in South Africa and even in the world at large. What are some of the uh, treatments uh, that one can undergo for autism? Yeah, um, Look, depending really on, because here we're talking, depending on the severity level, mm, of course, yeah. mm. at its most severe, you find probably, uh, you know, the, the young ones that would present maybe even in a non-verbal form, but even those that have got speech, mm. they don't use speech ordinarily. 
So a key, a fundamental intervention is speech therapy. It's the family also being taught how to interact depending on the child's speech level. Mm, mm. And, you know, how to, how to facilitate the child learning communication. Those are, so the speech therapists don't work with the child only, but very importantly with the parents as well. Siblings, of course, you know, just, and, and, and that then hopefully spreads to other important people. And well, the education system would have teachers, obviously, that are taught how to facilitate mm, mm. understanding and how to communicate with these children. Occupational therapy becomes another important area, mm. mainly because these children, as part of their presentation, or adults as well, um, I'm a child and adolescent psychiatrist, so my tendency to say children, children. Oh. They, would, they would either have hypersensitivities or hyposensitivities mm. to ordinary daily stimuli. Me and you acclimatize very easily to sounds, to touch, to taste, to smell, you know, all the various modalities of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sensations. But you find that they... they it's not always a problem because sometimes they have an affinity for certain things, but then that makes their behavior still look weird. Mm. Like they would have fascination with certain forms of smell. Oh, and you yeah. would find maybe a mom is walking with a child in, in, in a mall and they, because of a particular peculiar smell that they sense, they want to go close to that thing and actually oh, smell yes. it. Some of them will smell food. Some of them will, you will wonder why they are aggregating towards mm. a certain person. And because their social cues are at times, these are the severe ones, also not as they should be, they wouldn't be able to judge that. I can't just approach a stranger and go, you know, as close as I am and touch them or smell them or want to. So I'm just making a, you know, one of the odd examples. Yeah. Mm. Because then the public, if they are not educated in this, obviously personal um, space is what we all value. Yes. And you would, unfortunately then the parents are interpreted as having an, an unruly child, not being oh, able to yes. control their child, you know, which, which is, is a, yeah, it's one of many examples I can make. Mm. You know, and even with the, with the verbal ones, you, you find that their social cues are very difficult to interpret social cues, and they are very straightforward oh. in some instances. And they could just approach you and say, sorry, ma'am, you look ugly. Oof. I mean, I, that, I'm making a gross. It's not like... That all the time. I'm telling you some of the awkward things yeah. that parents with children on the spectrum mm. have to live with. Especially but the high-functioning ones, of course, learn a lot about their deficits, and they, you know, they they then challenge the, or, or change their behaviors accordingly. Oh yes, no, yes. that's that's uh, very valuable information. I think also for the public, because you said this is or these are, are, are some some things that may happen in public spaces like shopping malls and such. We actually mm. have a question here uh, before mm. we let you go, Doctor Getty. Uh, asking for the causes 
of autism? What are some of the causes, if there are any that we can control, you know, beyond the bi- biology? Biology, how, what's going on <laughs> behind, uh, you know, birth and uh, right. cells and such? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, it's one of the many enigmas um, in um, medicine. Mm. We we do know that there are genetic causes, mm. and it has been seen to aggregate in certain populations. Um, for instance, you know, families that have got people on the spectrum, you find that there's definitely much more than one. Uh, and their level of subtleties of presentation may not be different, may not be the same. So sometimes it's mixed. But genetic studies definitely mm. uh, show that there is a, that aggregation. Sometimes um, a, a percentage of children that are born, uh, some use of certain medications in pregnancy, that, that I mean, to a very, very limited extent. Mm-hmm. And some illnesses that can happen during pregnancy. Um, it, it's also been observed that children that have got parents of an older age group, mm. especially the father, interestingly, um, you know, older fathers. Oh. Instead of, yeah. Um, we, we see it quite a lot in, in multiple pregnancies or happening more often in multiple pregnancies. Um, but otherwise, we don't know as much as we should. Mm, for sure. And even where we do know, unfortunately, it's causes that are not amenable to treatment yeah. or to you know changing the, the trajectory of how a pregnancy... We can't say as soon as we've identified, we can to cure yeah speaking treatment to cure it's yeah yeah speaking of finding out or knowing more i think just to wrap up uh, where can we find more information or uh, get more assistance as you know the ordinary public who just wants to know more about autism look uh, unfortunately as as you you rightfully said specialists are few and far between but Mm. all healthcare workers in psychiatry should be able to offer relevant information and give direction about the starting point. Mm. Um, I would say if parents do suspect they should go to their primary care clinics, which unfortunately in rural areas, even that is a luxury. Mm. And even when you get there, staff is not sometimes trained well enough. But we're not here about problems, but we hear about solutions. For sure. There is a, a Autism South Africa organization that is very helpful mm. to even parents that are, unfortunately, you know, um, resources are few and far between. Um, the number for Autism SA would be readily available and they would be given direction irrespective of what end of the at the, the of, of the world we are from mm-hmm. in South Africa. Sure. Yeah. But the, the main plea really is for the public to have tolerance mm, for sure. of, you know, these children. And yeah, for unfortunately, we can't exhaust a big mm. topic like this one in a few minutes. 
True. But uh, I mean, this conversation will be available on our website and on our app as well. So uh, mm. I think uh, more and more listeners can also just find out where they can receive help. And you've really shared some important and valuable information with us as well. So thank you very, very much for your time, Dr. Geri Motingwe, a member of the South thank African so Society much, of Psychiatry. Thanks for the opportunity. No problem. Thank you. Have a right. beautiful day further. Okay. Same day. Bye-bye. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Feeling for more, for more. Tune in to goodhopfm.co.za. It's all you need.